0: And he said, You know the president's on Twitter. And he's like, Yeah, well, so is my brother. And I hope that they both get in self driving cars and running to each other. Hello, and welcome back to the Sleeping Situation Podcast.
1: Christmas edition.
0: Yes, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas.
1: Happy holiday.
0: <clears throat> non denominational winter season extravaganza.
1: Although today really is Christmas.
0: I suppose that's all right. We could say happy Christmas because it is Christmas. Because it, it is. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm Ivy. And this is the Sleeping Situation podcast. It will be the last podcast of 2017.
1: Can't believe we've been doing it this long.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we're gearing up for the new year. Um, if you have any suggestions or things you would like to see us do coming into the new year, feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook uh, or Twitter or shoot us an email at sleepingsituation at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see. Send us top five lists and movies to review, albums to review.
1: New things you want to hear us talk about or new segments we should do. Yes. I think we're the only Sleeping Situation on the Internet.
0: That so is So we should be easy correct. enough to find. We somehow found a name that no one else has used for anything.
1: Like on the first try. We didn't even consider any other ones.
0: How often does that happen?
1: Probably never.
0: Never. So what's going on this week?
1: I had a doozy of a time this week. (laughs) So here we go. It's going to be a slightly long story, but I promise you it's worth it. I win $10 at the end. So stay tuned. So on last Saturday, my family had tickets to go see the Cleveland Cavs play up in Cleveland. So my family drove over here... To our house and came and pet the cat before we left and we got some food and then we headed up to Cleveland. And my dad just got a new to him car about a month ago, like almost exactly a month ago. Because we figured out that the warranty was up the day after all this happened. And so he's not had it that long. And my parents finally had two cars that work really well and they could take whichever one they wanted and felt comfortable in each of them. But we got about halfway to Cleveland from Akron and this terrible loud thumping noise started happening in the back of the car and we didn't know what it was. My dad said his brakes had been a little squeaky for a while so he thought maybe it was the brakes. So we got off the highway and we pulled over in like a O'Reilly's parking lot somewhere. And he got out and like looked at the tires and like jumped up and down on them and bounced the car up and down to try and see what it was. And he said nothing was like dangling down but that noise was like very loud and concerning. So he thought it was something like some internal part. So we went inside the the O'Reilly's and asked them, like, are there any, like, Midas garages or something like that open around there? And he said they called, like, four different places before they found one that was quote-unquote open. The place we ended up, they were kind of just some guys hanging around. They weren't really open. So we drove, like, two or three blocks up the street, to Mel's garage. But it was also, like, a car lot with a garage in the back is more what it was. And there were people blocking the driveway, so we couldn't even get all the way in. We were, like, half out in the road. And Mel and his friends come bobbling out. And he brings out, like, a piece of cardboard and lays down under the car for, like, half a second. And it's like, you're probably fine. <laughs> and we were like, um, okay. So... We decided, since we were already close enough to the way to Cleveland anyway, that we would just go. So it was just really loud the whole way, but it seemed fine. We needed to stop for gas before we got to the arena, though. So we stopped at the first gas station, and my dad gets out, and he goes to pump the gas. And there are these two little kids out there, and they asked to pump the gas for him. I think they wanted to, like, make some money? I don't know. And he was just like, no, I'll just do it, but thanks. Thanks. And so they were kind of just, like, hanging around, small children that shouldn't have been at a gas station by themselves at night, but it's Cleveland. So he goes to try and pump the gas, and it doesn't work. And so he gets mad, and he gets back in the car, and the kid, like, kicks the snow at his friend, but half of it flies in the car and my dad, so he yells at him. And then we drive away, and we go up the street to a different gas station, and he gets out to pump the gas. And, like, ten seconds later, he gets back in the car and says, there's nothing on the screen, and it won't work. Also, I left the gas cap on top of the car at the last place, so it's gone forever. And so he's real mad, and so we're driving farther up the street, and we finally find a gas station where the gas comes out of the pump. We finally make it to Cleveland, and we go to the game, and the game is good, and they won, which is a good thing. And at one point, you know how between plays and stuff, they'll come out and shoot t-shirts at you, or they'll come out and... People will do free throws to try and win, like, a gift card or something. For one of the fancy in-between things, they started dropping these little parachutes from the ceiling. And we have no idea what's even, like, on them. We just see them coming at us, and there's something, like, tied to them. And so there's one, and it's, like, floating towards my hand, and it's kind of halfway behind me. I grab the thing that's tied to it, and somebody else has their hand on the parachute, and I just don't let go. And I get it, (laughs) because I'm persistent and i almost like fall forward trying to get it but it was mine and i wasn't going to let go because it was in my hand it turns out it was a little keychain of a lottery card scratcher and like a little coupon that said come to the box office for a free lottery card (laughs) and so my dad went with me at halftime and we got it and i went back to my seat and scratched it off and i won ten dollars from that lottery card i kind of snatched off of somebody But it was in my hand, so I think that's fair. We needed that $10 after the night we had had Mm -hmm. in the car. So when the game was over, we left, and it wasn't terribly loud, the noise, on the way home. But we didn't take the highway because my dad was too scared something was going to blow up while we were going 70 miles an hour and didn't want to do that. So it took us an hour and a half to get 40 minutes home, which wasn't great, but we made it fun. So they dropped me off, and then my parents and my brother went the rest of the way home, and they got on the highway then because the sound hadn't been too bad but they got about 30 minutes down the road, and it came back. So they got back off the highway and drove off the highway for a while towards home, and they got to about 15 minutes away or so, and the back tire of the Jeep came off.
0: Not the tire, the wheel. The wheel. Uh, the, the whole, entire the entire
1: wheel <laughs> just came off. My brother was on the one side, and he said he saw it roll past them up the road. Yeah, and I, was forward.
0: Just, I was just talking to one of my coworkers, and we were talking about weird car stuff, because... Of My car's Not my car now, but my old car, which I'll talk about in a minute. It's having problems and stuff. So we were talking about it, and he said that he was driving a friend's car, and he said that the wheel fell off and it passed him. And he's like, that almost made it, like, worth it, because it was so funny to be like, Kush. and then the and wheel, then it- like... Like, it seems like something that would happen in like a chevy chase movie but it happens in real life
1: right and my brother said it went past us It went forward and my parents didn't believe him (laughs) they said no that doesn't make any sense it would have like dropped off and fell behind i mean it's going the same speed and direction as you so it makes sense Mm -hmm. that it would keep going the way that it was going but it's funny to me that they didn't believe him (laughs) so they like pulled over after they screeched down the road for a little ways they weren't again on the highway so it wasn't too bad and it was like Two o'clock in the morning, so mm-hmm. nobody was out. What they ended up doing was putting on the spare tire, but they didn't have any of the the nuts is that what it would have been bolts, bolts whatever they nuts. are lug nuts they didn't have them because they popped off with the wheel, and like two of the post things that they go on were like snapped off mm-hmm. so what they had to do was steal two lug nuts off of different tires and put them on the spare to put the spare back on to get home so quite an evening. They didn't get home until like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Poor guys. And they had to get up and go to church the next day. But I won $10 and that's what's important. I kept joking. Like I came into some money I can pay for the car (laughs) repair.
0: Did you cash in your ticket yet?
1: I did. I just got the money. Very good. I thought about like getting like one $1 ticket and then I was just like, "Mm." I've never won that much. I've won $2 I think was the most I ever won from one of those. And that was years ago. Yeah.
0: I think the one year at your grandparents' like bingo night thing mm-hmm. i won one with there was two dollars and i like just went to the drive through and i was like i would like a soda pop please <laughs> and just bought a pop
1: this year at that bingo thing zane won this little tree thing that had 22 25 had like 25 lottery tickets on it and he won two dollars from all 25 of those tickets yeah
0: speaking of winning ivy also won us tickets to the comedy club again again Did you, you said you, didn't you, like, not even enter? They must just keep your name, like, in a pot for the drawing or something. Yeah. Because
1: I don't think I texted them. It was like, you text from a radio commercial to win them. Yeah. I don't think I did again.
0: I never win anything. That's not true. When I was at Bowling Green, there was, um, like, the mental health place would do, like, little survey questions, and if you entered the survey question, you could win a gift card to the bookstore. Ooh. And I think I was just the only one that responded, and I always responded with really sarcastic answers, but I won, like, two $15 gift cards to the bookstore, and I think I spent them both on snarks.
1: I'm impressed that the bookstore had those.
0: Yeah, they had, like, a little kiosk that had, like, drumsticks and guitar strings and things.
1: Oh, looky at that. They know yeah. their target audience. There
0: was I All mean, those that,
1: hipsters up there in Bowling yep, Green.
0: Yep, there was nowhere else that, around that had strings
1: so you had to buy whatever right. ones they had. I think
0: the record store started carrying them, though. So we're going to the Comedy Club, Friday. Who Who is it? Charlie Weiner. Oh.
1: Let's just hope he's better than the last guy. Yeah. I read his little bio, and I don't remember the specifics, but it made him sound like he was something or other. So.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: He seemed a little bit legit from yeah. whatever they wrote about him on their web... Well, the blurb that he probably sent for yeah. their website. We'll see. Apparently he does... Songs?
0: Oh, I don't know if he'll do no. it. This, I don't know if he'll
1: do it this time.
0: Anytime a comedian breaks out a guitar, it's never, it goes downhill real quick. Incorrect. Correct.
1: Have you heard Mike Birbiglia's Oatmeal Song?
0: Yes. And it's, and it's so it's 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 funny. My least favorite Mike Birbiglia skit. Oh,
1: no, it's funny. <laughs> Speaking of which, I listened to the first episode of his podcast this week, him talking about his first album and John Mullaney as his guest. Oh?
0: It was good. I need to listen to it's that. It's like an hour
1: long. He's doing up to his next special. Oh. He has like five or six of them. And so he's doing an episode where he talks to somebody kind of from around that time on each special.
0: Oh, that's cool. So
1: John Mullaney was this first guest. He's going to have his brother on one. He said he's going to have his wife on one, which I assume is my girlfriend's boyfriend.
0: Yeah. I'm, oh my Jen. God, I want, yeah. Chloe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm really excited to hear all those.
0: Yeah, that'll be good. I think it will be cool. I listened to like the Tom Segura one, not impressed. I didn't think mm. it was that good.
1: I've never listened to his.
0: They're they're a little clowny and I was like it's it's a little bit what like What is
1: his podcast about?
0: It's him and his wife and they have like people on they just talk about stuff. But it's a little like Morning Zoo kind of kind of feels radioy. Yeah, mm. I don't like that as much.
1: I've listened to a handful of episodes of Eugene Mermon's too and I kind of enjoy it.
0: He's a funny he's so funny. Yeah,
1: he's like just making silly little like puns the whole time. Yeah.
0: More podcast recommendations coming up in my things of the week. Oh. That was to stay a little preview, preview of coming attractions.
1: So what you been up to after Um, I told my long and winding tale?
0: It's a good story.
1: It was just the night where everything kept happening. And at some point my dad was like, yeah, if we don't like fall off the highway or something. And I said, nothing is out of the question tonight. And everybody (laughs) laughed and we needed that moment because we were all sitting there like, dad's mad, he's driving, (laughs) and we're going to get to this thing. And we're all just like, uh. (laughs) <laughs> but it turned out okay and we made jokes out of it and we'll remember it forever.
0: The dad anger is is few things are scarier than when dad is especially upset about something.
1: I think my dad is like me when he's mad. It it gets very blunt and direct and fairly quiet. Yes. I think we're fairly the same in that respect. And we don't f- You're fairly us,
0: the same in most respects.
1: Neither of us get mad very often.
0: Here's how everyone it's my grandmother and then my dad and then me. This is how we get angry. I'm going to do it for you now. Something bad will happen. And then we go, Garr! and then we're like, okay, that's exactly how it is. Like we you, get you, super angry very quickly, and it lasts about a minute and a half. And then we're like, okay, on to the next thing.
1: I don't know if you understand or even know this, but when you say you get, that's not a metaphor. You physically do that.
0: Do I really? Yeah. That's exactly how my dad is. He'll the get Warner real mad, tantrum. and then he will he does this laugh, and I, I hope you never hear it because it's terrifying. He just goes like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, what have I been up to? Uh, I work in a retail store, and Christmas is approaching, and so it's been a little nuts. Christmas is now. Christmas is now. In the future, Christmas is now. In the past, it is almost...
1: In the past participle, it has, could have been.
0: Uh, So work's been really crazy. I'm almost done
1: with my Christmas shopping. Almost? Almost. How many more you got? You got to go to stores at this point, though. There's no more ordering if you want it on time.
0: There's one thing I wanted to get for my sister, and the website's being stupid.
1: Birthday.
0: Yep. My sister's birthday is the 27th, so I'm just going to push it back to that. Still need to get a couple odds and ends for my dad. He's the hardest person to shop for. But I, I have a couple good ideas. All the stuff I'm getting for you is done.
1: <gasps> that means it's here somewhere. It's it's all mm. here. There's
0: a large stack of boxes directly to my left of <laughs> stuff that I've been ordering that I'm just like, now I have to wrap it. My dad is the best Christmas gift wrapper. He's a very good wrapper. In the world. I'm convinced he can wrap anything. My sister inherited the, the wrapping gene, but I inherited the packing gene imagine any amount of things, imagine a space that you have to fit those things into. I can fit all of that stuff in the space. I don't know how. I'm just really good at it. So speaking of cars braking. So my old car, it was still doing all right. It has, it's a Pontiac Grand Prix, 180,000 miles. It's a lot of miles. Definitely. It's been a trooper of a car for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving the car down. This is a couple months ago now. Driving the car down to New Philadelphia to get the new car from my grandparents, it wicked overheats on me. I had to stop a couple times and, like, shut it off, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's... Like, it's never overheated that much. So I'm like, well, it's kind of a good thing that I'm not driving this car now this is, like, a problem. Mm -hmm. Turns out there's a coolant leak. Oh. That... Dad said he came home one day and it was, like, all over the driveway. Mm. So that's that part of that. Then he says he goes out to to run it the other day and it won't start. Mm. He got this little thing that, like, tests the computer and, like, it'll bring up error codes and things. Yes. He said, my car has 18 error codes. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's not good. And then he texted me today and said, yeah, I think the computer in your car is fried. The intent was I drop this car off. My parents sell it. That's Mm -hmm. the end of it. And now there's all this stuff wrong with it. I still love that car and miss it dearly. R.I.P. Ramona.
1: For the audience who doesn't know, our parents also live in New Philly. And when Matt's dad needs car parts, he goes to buy them from my dad.
0: Yes, our parents are friends. (laughs) Which is the best of that situation, I'm sure. Um, The only other thing that's been going on is I finished up a new song. Yay! And a song and a half. I have all the, like music done for another song and they're both bangers are I, they bops no they're bangers i'm i'm real happy with these news too good which doesn't happen often i'm usually like Bleh. after i finish the song i sent the the one i haven't even played it for yet i sent it to aj just to see what he thought uh-huh and i'm like i don't have words for it yet and he's like i kind of like it as an instrumental and i'm like crap i did too <laughs> so it, it may or may not get words and you, the listening audience, may or may not ever hear it, because I'm real self-conscious. I thought the other day, like, I have about eight or nine songs that I've recorded this year. Mm-hmm. I thought about just, like, throwing them up on Bandcamp. woo Just to, like, sending them to people. Just, like, the demos. Yeah. But I haven't decided if I want to do that. Either. All right, now it's time for my mini-segment. Questions Ivy asked me about our cat ray. There's only two this week. It's a short segment. So here they are. Number one, does Kitty know there are rules? I think she does, and I think she chooses to ignore them. Because she knows she really can't get in trouble. That's fair. We just go, no, no. No. Number two, does Kitty know she's fuzzy? I think she does.
1: I think so, too.
0: All right. Because she
1: has to do bath time.
0: Those are the only two cat questions for this week. Stay tuned for more.
1: And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, I think.
0: (laughs) It's our favorite segment. It's
1: mine for sure. Get ready, because here they come. Things of the week. (laughs) Things of the week.
0: Here they come. They're gonna teach you. Things of the week. The band Death From Above,
1: 1979.
0: 1975? Yeah, I referenced them on our 1975 album review, and Ivy thought I was making fun of a band she likes by saying Death From Above 1975. Uh, but there is a band that exists is Death From Above 1979. They're a two-piece uh, bass and drum band similar to Royal Blood, even though they were around first, I believe. Um, they're slightly heavier in some ways and slightly poppier in some ways, um, but I like them a lot. That seems like a contradiction. I've been listening to them more and more. They're, they're a really cool group. Check them out. They have a new album, I think it's called Outrage Is Now. It's like, Outrage! Exclamation mark is now, <laughs> which is good. Very good. Thing number two is the Soda Jerker on Songwriting podcast. I do listen to podcasts, even though we have a podcast. And the podcast is these two British guys, and they just interview musicians about songwriting. Very cool. Um, It's very interesting. They had Paul Simon on. Uh, I think they did Randy Newman. Shoot, like
1: real musicians.
0: Yeah. Um, They had Paul Simon. They did Randy Newman. uh, Marcus Miller was on there. They had Johnny Marr. And then the most recent one is Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Very cool. Yeah. He did one of those um, pitchfork over-under things. I
1: don't know what that is.
0: It's this thing where they just ask him if something is overrated or underrated. And so they asked him about, like, self-driving cars. And he's like, they're going to kill us all. And then they asked about Twitter, and he, like, hates Twitter. Hmm. And he said, you know the president's on Twitter? And he's like, yeah, well, so is my brother, and I hope that they both get in self-driving calls and run into each other. <laughs> that was a really bad Noah Gallagher impersonation, but you get the idea. It was really funny. Yes. Because he hates his brother. Um, and lastly, my thing of the week is Star Wars. More to come. Things of the week.
1: Things of the week. Here's my list. Uh, my things of the week include the Champagne Toast scent from Bath & Body Works. I believe it's brand new for this winter. Uh, I got one for free when I made a purchase. It's very, like, like sweet, berry, fruity smelling, but it's also, like, got this tartness to it that makes it feel kind of sparkly. Uh, my second thing of the week is the song Havana by Camila Cabello. I'm mad that I like it because I swore to loathe her for all eternity, but it's a really catchy song. It's been in my head for over 24 hours, so fair enough. Fair play. Um, My next thing of the week is Jomny Sun on Twitter. His persona is kind of like an alien who's just, like, trying to be really nice and get along with everybody Mm -hmm. on Earth. But he writes these really, like—sometimes he's really funny, and other times he's really, like, sweet and cute and, like, love yourself kind of messages. Like, remember to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. because you are special, but he'll, like, randomly spell things wrong Mm -hmm. or put, like, B's where they don't belong or M's where they don't belong. He's very sweet, and you should follow him. And one of his tweets the other day pretty much made me cry. So it was a good time. (laughs) Uh, and then my final thing of the week is Porgs. <laughs> they are cute and feathery, and they scream. The end. Things of the week.
0: Things of the week. Pop! Speaking of Porgs, let's go on to our next segment, our review segment. Uh, we are recording this episode a day late, even though you're going to hear it when you hear it, uh, because last night we went and saw the new Star Wars movie.
1: Weeho.
0: ho. Um... I will tell you right now if you have not seen the Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. Turn and run. Please remove yourself from the podcast listening now. I will give you five seconds in order to turn off the podcast before we talk about The Last Jedi. So, Star Wars. Ivy. Yes. What did you think of the new Star Wars movie? I've been waiting patiently for two years.
1: Very patiently, with your hands clasped together and your legs crossed, sitting in the same chair, eating saltines, and staring at nothing.
0: Losing my brain for two years, but waiting patiently this <laughs> time
1: What was the question? Did I like it?
0: <laughs> what did you think of it?
1: I thought that I felt very involved the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was fun and exciting, and I thought it was paced decently well. Mm-hmm. And that it was a really good balance of lighthearted moments and heavy moments. Mm-hmm. And, like, battle-y times and, like, fun character mm-hmm. times.
0: You've now seen three Star Wars movies?
1: Do we have to harp on it every time?
0: Yes. I have some mixed feelings about this movie. I was really hoping it was going to I was going to lose my brain and it was going to be the greatest movie ever.
1: I think the way people were talking about it, maybe I built it up too much. Right because while while I was watching it, I really enjoyed it, and then the longer I've kind of sat with it, the more I've been like, I wonder if it would have been better if they did it this way, or I wish it had been yes. just a, like just slightly different. There were no like big things that I really hated.. Mm-hmm. There was one moment that I thought was like too cheesy.
0: Was it the your mom joke?
1: No, it was when they were crashing through the casino, and the one lady like sings like an opera, yeah, like screams like an opera. Singer? Yeah. I'm like, that is the cheesiest cartoon joke I've ever seen in my life. I didn't like that. That
0: whole segment, I think we could have done without.
1: There are things I like about it and things I didn't like about it.
0: I mean, I was just. The, the amount of time that that bit took up yeah. could have been used for something else. So I, I have. I wrote down some likes and dislikes. Uh, firstly, John Williams kills it exclusively. Every time. There was a couple moments where I was just like, like, I had to choke back tears a little bit just because of the soundtrack. It's so good. He's such, like, the quiet, like, you don't really hear much from him, and he's, like, in his 80s now. Yeah. And then he's, like, drops this bomb on you. He's like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm the best. Kaboom.
1: Do you think they re-record, like, the main theme every time, or do you think they always use the same recording?
0: That's a good question.
1: I was thinking about that as the, like, words at the beginning were scrolling. Yeah. Like, if, or if they, you know, they redid it for, like, these three. Hmm. Or if they still use the same recording. I just wonder.
0: Well, the end is always different. Here's a question that I'd like to know. Disney bought Fox. Mm-hmm. So does that mean we're going to get the original opening with the Fox intro?
1: I don't know what that means.
0: On the original Star Wars movies, it opens with the Fox intro. The Blump blump. I got it. The the key it's actually um the key that the Star Wars theme is in is the same key as the Fox intro. So that it wouldn't like jar between them? Yeah, so it flowed nicely. Yeah. So the soundtrack is amazing as as John Williams always is. Um visually and special effectsly this movie is Gorgeous, yes, and absolutely, um, just as Force awakens and Rogue One was uh
1: like artfully wise, it's like perfect, yeah,
0: they're I mean, basically, Star Wars is finally getting the treatment that it really deserves, mm-hmm. um they have the technology to support anything that they want to do, finally.
1: The thing at the end where they're, like, it's the white, and then everything is, like, red when it moves. Yeah. Like, the red dust. That is, like, that was so cool. Yeah,
0: somebody was really thinking there, and that just made for a gorgeous, like... Because I thought it was snow, too, and I was like, oh, it's the second movie in the installment, and they go to the snow planet. Of course they did, (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's salt and all the red underneath. Like, visually, that's So so cool. I liked all of the new sort of ships and things that they introduced. Um, There's a couple really cool ones. The bomb ships were so cool. The bomb ships were really cool. Um, Here's an Easter egg that I assume only I noticed. And I assume... I definitely know that I'm the only one that appreciates it. In the world. In the world. There's one scene where they show the bombs. One of the bombs has shark teeth painted on it. (laughs) Like a la World War II fighter planes and stuff. Just one of them. Yeah. And I was like... Like, I had a little moment where I was like, whoever you are, wherever in the world you are, I get you. Like, you know, I mean, that was a decision that somebody made. Somebody
1: added that in just because they knew one guy in the world, and it's you. It's me. Would get it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and the big Snoke's ship was really cool. Mm -hmm. It's like the big flying wing, which I thought was awesome. Very menacing looking. All right, speaking of visually amazing, if you haven't heeded our spoiler warnings yet... Get out. Get out now. When she turns the ship around and, like, shoots it yeah. through it, that was, like, so beautiful. It was, and the fact that it goes silent, like, that was yeah. that was one of the most amazing moments in the movie, I think.
1: That was really awesome.
0: It was so good.
1: Very much enjoyed that.
0: So pretty, even though destruction. Probably the one thing in this movie that I wasn't expecting that I actually really, really liked is the interplay between Rey and Kylo.
1: Yeah. The way it turned out was not what I expected from what I'd seen in the trailers. Yes. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a confrontation, not, like, a conversation.
0: Yeah. But I think... I mean, we already know, like, some about Rey. But I think the character development in Kylo Ren in this movie is tremendous. Like, Mm -hmm. in the first one, you're like, this guy sucks. He's just, like, annoying and whiny.
1: (laughs) He's in his emo face. Right.
0: That's what he is. But in this one, like... All of those things make him a more human character.
1: Yeah, because you start to see more of, like, the way his brain is processing things. Yes.
0: I mean, I feel like that's something we haven't had of yet in the Star Wars movies.
1: Like a humanized Bad guy,
0: yeah. They're always just sort of evil people. And so I thought that was, I mean, really good. Like, you know, he sort of, I don't want to say explains the way that, like, why he is the way he is... But he, it makes him an empathetic character.
1: I, when we left the theater, there was some people talking while I was waiting for you to come out of the bathroom, and the girl was like, "I want him to be good so bad," is what she said, and I was like, "Girl, I feel you." And so, like, you know, it's in there, yeah. And like, you, at least me, I guess I should just speak for me, but like, I want it so bad,
0: yeah. The, I just, I was thinking about something, the thing that. That makes this that really sort of comes out in this movie that's really interesting to me is that all of the really big bad guys in Star Wars, it's not like they're evil people, it's like goodness or badness is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it's usually just very black and white and like you're either a good guy or you're a bad guy. Uh And this one, they're like, there's a choice that you have to make. And that's that's interesting, to and me. like
1: the hacker guy even like kind of comes out and says it, yeah, so it's kinda it's in every storyline
0: mm-hmm. about
1: like what makes you good, what makes you bad, what makes you a hero, what makes you not,
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting sort of commentary that i I didn't pick up on it like when we were watching it, and it's not something that I've thought about before in the series. I mean, how many movies do you feel bad for the bad guy? Not a lot like you're emotionally like, connected to this character. It's a
1: sign of a good movie. Right. I would say when you can.
0: So, those are some of the things I like. There I did have quite a few like dislikes and the more I think about them, the more I don't like them. The movie feels a little stretched too thin. And that's I think I mentioned about the whole sequence with Rose and Finn. I could have just done without entirely and focused more on like Ray's story. Or uh, Poe and, and fighting with, you know, the sort of generals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, those stories could, I think, could have been expanded a little bit more. Instead, they chopped it up into too many tiny chunks. And so any, like, all of those tiny chunks felt really sort of rushed. Like, we could have had way more of, like, Ray on the island with Luke, I think.
1: I don't know. It would have been a different movie. Yeah. Like, it would have changed a lot if they would have. Mm-hmm. You know, cut one or the other, whichever.
0: Right. So, and like I said, the the Rose and Finn side story was probably my least favorite part. Um, you know, they go to the casino, which is the same thing when they go to the can- cantina club in the original one. They're like, look at all these special effects we can do with aliens hmm. and stuff. That that's what that felt like to me. Um, and then I the,
1: really liked when they were riding around on the thing, though.
0: I mean, that was I liked that part. That part was cool, but her whole commentary like on it oh, I have this troubled past, and everyone here is... Like, I thought it got a little bit Well, if they're going to add
1: her in, she needs a backstory, and that was a way to
0: do it. I guess so. It got a little too political-y there, and got a little too, like... (laughs) Again,
1: I say, Star Wars has always been about oppression and fighting the government. I
0: mean, that's true. So. Um, But it got a little too touchy-feely. I really... The end, I didn't like. They should have just flew off in the ship, and that was the end of the movie. But they put that little thing in at the end with the kid.
1: Oh, no, I like that.
0: I didn't like that. I really liked that, that. felt like a very cheap Disney, like, oh,
1: there's hope and happiness and
0: that sort of thing.
1: I think they kind of had to make that point if that's how they were going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, what are we going to do? There's like 12 of us left now.
0: Right. So I understand why people. they did it with that little ending. Because they're like, oh, there's still hope. Because this kid is like, that's he believes in it. That's what Star Wars is it. about. I know, but it it just felt like a little bit... It felt like a Disney ending, and that's why I didn't like it. Of course, like, Rose almost dies or whatever.
1: I didn't like when they kissed. I was fine with everything until they kissed. I didn't like it.
0: Right. I mean, she kissed him.
1: Yeah. Listen, he's supposed to be in love with Poe, and I hope that that's how they end it. Yeah. He's, like, confused because she kissed him, and then he realizes his true feelings and they ride off into the sunset with BB-8 going woo.
0: There was a a little bit of a a middle finger up to the fans because in the last movie they built Snoke up as this big mysterious <sighs> guy and they built up this big mystery of who's Rey's parents are. And in this one they're like, nah, doesn't matter. Who cares? On to the next thing." And it w- and like when they killed Snoke, I was like, "Wait, that's it?"
1: Yeah, but he had a really cool
0: death. I know, that was so cool.
1: Like, I, it doesn't. On, it honestly doesn't bother me at all that they killed him that quick because it was a think, freaking cool way to kill him. Oh, her. yeah.
0: I mean, but it was, I would have liked at least, like, a how. where did this guy come from? How did he, you know, rise to power? He said he was, like, around when the original Jedi Order was around. Mm-hmm. So who is this dude? And you're like, nope, doesn't matter. I
1: don't know. His death was so cool, it but I honestly so don't care. Cool.
0: That was probably the coolest thing in the movie. Yeah. Except for when the spaceship drove through the other spaceship. Because I knew yeah. that they were going to... I was like, oh, she's going to turn it around and she's going to ram him. <laughs> like, how cool. Yeah. Other other things that I wrote down. Um, this movie is surprisingly funny. Yeah. I mean, the Lat uh, Force Awakens was pretty funny. They, they threw in some good jokes there. This one, even more so... Um, they're not, like, jokey sort of jokes, um, but there's Like definite, the banter. Right, yeah. it's It all comes from the characters. It's,
1: like, a very human, like... Yeah, of course, you'd make, like, he walks out and his suit is, like, spraying out the water. Yeah. And, like, he makes a joke about it because that's, like, what a normal
0: person would do. Right, yeah. So... Or, I I mean, the, the scene where Poe's, like, in the ship, and he's like, Yeah, I'd like to talk to General So-and-so.
1: Oh, oh that was so good.
0: Hi, yeah, I'm holding for so-and-so, I forget his name, tall, kind of pasty guy, Hux, yeah. Kind of tall, pasty guy, red hair. He's like, can you hear me? (laughs) The scene where Ray hands Luke his lightsaber and he just chucks it over (laughs) his shoulder, I was like, that's so good.
1: Wasn't that supposed to be, like, the direct continuation of the last shot? Yes. So, like, that big dramatic reveal when he, like, turns around and she, like, hands it to him and he just goes, meh, and throws it off off the cliff.
0: Also, interesting point, this is the only Star Wars movie... Aside from Rogue One, which doesn't, is sort of like a side thing anyhow. Yes. The only main storyline, that there's not a time gap. Every other movie has like a three year, at least, gap Hmm. in between where all this other stuff happens. And then we sort of pick up.
1: That's why you need the scrolly thing at the beginning.
0: Exactly. You put the scrolly thing at the beginning. You say, this is what happened in the last three years. Uh Here's this chunk. This is what happened in the last 30 years. Here's this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the only movie to not do that. Interesting. I understand why they did it, but what? you could have just said, this is what happened. Raise now this person. That was a, It was an interesting, creative choice mm-hmm. that I'm not sure how I feel about because they sort of broke form. Uh, yeah. I but also half the movie is like, who cares about the past? You have to let all the old stuff go. Ha ha! Yeah. There's a there's a couple of other, like a handful of things, and they did it a lot in The Force Awakens that I read this thing that's, it's a cheap emotion due to instant nostalgia. Mm-hmm. When chewing and Han walk in the, the Millennium Falcon, you go, Aah! you know, and then like... When Luke is talking to R2. Right. And he plays the thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, firstly, that was, it was cool that they threw it in there, but it was a little bit like they do it... Just to get you a little bit. Also, R two D two's been rattling around with that thing in him for like thirty five years now, <laughs> or forty years, I guess. The movie, the original one, came out in seventy seven. Uh, I liked so.
1: when BB eight shot all the coins. That was at really the guy. funny.
0: Okay, I just read a thing <laughs> online last night. This is good. They said that so Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. Yes, he also has a voice acting credit. So they haven't confirmed exactly which one is him. He's definitely one of the aliens in the casino. And the rumor is that he's the little the guy, guy, the little guy that comes up and point puts ah. the coins, in it is Mark Hamill. That's not confirmed. That's just what I read.
1: I would love for it to be. Yeah,
0: that was really funny.
1: Fun fact: I forget which Jalen it is, but one of them is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> and Prince William and Prince Harry are in it. But I forget who oh, they that's are so too. Funny. I, I mean, forget what their cameos. There's is. a
0: load of cameos in Force Awakens. I mean, like most of Game of Thrones is in it. Daniel Craig is the one stormtrooper. Um, Simon Pegg is, like, the junk trader. So, anyhow, um, overall, I'm not super over the moon about this movie like I thought I was going to be.
1: Yeah, Um, I saw a lot of posts that were, like, 20 out of 10, and I was like, I'd give it, like, a 9 or 8 out of 10. Yeah,
0: definitely a good movie and worth the watch. They said the middle movie is hard. Beginning, because the beginning you beginning got to from one
1: place to right. another without really getting anywhere. The beginning
0: of the story is easy. The end of the story is the easy. The I totally The middle understand is tricky. That. And, like, Empire Strikes Back didn't get super hot reviews when it came out either. So I'm hoping that this one is, over time, it's going to settle in. Or, like, once we see the last chunk, mm-hmm. it's going to make a little more sense. Sure. And be a little bit better, you know... Makes sense in the story. Yeah. Um, But it it does leave you with that sort of unsettling cliffhanger middle movie. Like, where are we? Right. Also, how cool is the scene when, like, Luke is force projecting himself?
1: Because you think he slashes him and he's just standing there. Yeah. And then you understand why all the things didn't blow him up.
0: I, when he walked out of it, I was like, he's already dead. And that he had come as the the spirit or whatever. When he sticks it through him and he goes, see you around, kid. And then just disappears. I was (sighs) like...
1: It's so good. It's the coolest thing ever.
0: Also, I just realized that's a Han Solo line. He says that to Luke.
1: As I mentioned earlier, the porgs.
0: <laughs> they're so funny.
1: Literally only exist to sell stuffed animals, Definitely. and I'm fine with it because they're freaking cute.
0: Yeah. They, the didn't, it, they didn't overdo them like they did the Ewoks.
1: No, it wasn't too bad. They were just like, they happened to live there, mm-hmm. so they were just around. But the fact that... Chewie's like has roasted one and they're all staring at him and the one that's just like it has like the puss in boots like big big eyes kind of face Mm. by the end he has like a pet one that he brought back with him.
0: I like how they were like nesting in the the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) Yes
1: the babies.
0: (laughs) So overall not over the moon uh definitely a solid movie and worth the watch. Mm -hmm. Mostly it makes me excited for the last one. Yes. Um, you know, there's still some an- unanswered sort of questions, and you don't know what's going to happen with these characters. And and there's, I mean, again, certain parallels from the old movies. There was a direct visual shot um, when they're flying the Millennium Falcon through the red ice mm-hmm. salt and stuff, and they fly into that big cave. Yeah. There's a, a pillar in the center. And they turn. And he turns, right, is like a direct shot from return of the jedi it was real quick and when they did it i was like ah you know certain certain things like that um the fact that kylo ren kills snoke um and then he takes over was originally what darth vader wanted to do Mm -hmm. that's why he wanted luke to join him so they could kill the emperor yes so that was a nice little thing too Mm -hmm. overall probably like eight out of ten I I love Kyle Ren as a villain now. I didn't like him before because I thought yeah. he was too whiny.
1: That part where she's like, Can you put a shirt on? And yeah. He, was, that he was... just stood there and
0: looked at her. Yeah. Alright, I have two more things to add, and then we'll stop talking about Star Wars. One. Yoda. Oh. As a puppet again, like he should be. Still voiced by Frank Oz. Approve. Um I thought would have been really cool though, is instead of Yoda, they got Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. To be, like, old Obi-Wan. I yeah. thought that would have been cool. Two, and I have to say it just because I'm thinking about it now, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. I mean... It was,
1: like, it made me sad to watch. Yes.
0: Sometimes. Killed it in this movie as she does in all movies. Mm-hmm. Even though I think my favorite Carrie Fisher role is in The Blues Brothers. True. So good.
1: All right. We,
0: we could we we go on about- forever
1: because there were so many good moments. Yes. This movie was so many good moments. Like, every moment individually was good. Mm-hmm. They just did not all match up perfect yes
0: that's my review that's a good point
1: we've got one final segment for you tonight yes we do it is christmas if you haven't forgotten because all we've talked about is star
0: wars it's the only it's the most it's the only thing that matters this christmas season
1: if you don't have a star wars themed thing under the tree who are you like if somebody in your family didn't get something star wars themed for christmas i'm a little surprised
0: we have a bb8 on our
1: Yes, I love him. (laughs) But for our final segment tonight, we're going to be doing one of our world-famous games, our last Christmas one of the season, of the year even, and tonight we're going to be doing our top five best Christmas movies.
0: Yes. If you even put Elf, did you? I'm going to be upset. I will be upset.
1: I think this time you should go first because you always make me go
0: first. All right, I will go first. Cool. Here are my top five... Christmas movies. Number five, A Christmas Carol. Uh, Which one? Specifically, the George C. Scott version. That, I feel, is the best version.
1: I'm not a fan of that one. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a fan of the Christmas, like, A Christmas Carol in general. Because when you think about it, it's not a lesson about, like, be good. It's about, if you're rich, you should be good for your own selfish reasons. Because think about yourself dying.
0: I think it's a good story. Whatever. So that's number five. Why, though? Because uh, it's a good movie, it's a good story, and George C. Scott is the most appropriate person to play Ebenezer Scrooge. Number four, and it—it's late this is one of those ones where it pains me to put it so low, but the ones that are come above it are deserve to be there. Yes. Uh, Christmas Vacation.
1: Yes, I very much do like that one. That's S- a very good movie. So
0: good, so funny. I we quote it regularly. I do at least.
1: There are um, a good many that I'll do.
0: Yes. I can't hear that version of Here Comes Santa Claus without <laughs> thinking of it.
1: I uh, mean, I mentioned about Mele Kalikimaka
0: yeah, too long yeah. ago, that,
1: that I can't hear that song without thinking about Uncle Eddie with his Speedo and the tank top tucked into yeah. it on the, <laughs> with, like, a beer on the diving board. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, just classic Christmas movies. Again, one of the only movies where the sequel is better than the first one.
1: You like that one better Vacation the... is
0: a very good movie. It's real funny. Mm-hmm. But I think Christmas Vacation is, is better. A couple notes. Russ is, what's his face? It's
1: Leonard from Big Bang Theory. Yes.
0: Also, the really old aunt.
1: Is, I um, it. I know this. She was Betty Boop and she was Olive Oil.
0: Yes. I don't remember She's her name, though. She's the only person. The Betty Boop.
1: Yep, the only one. The
0: only one who has ever done it. Um, I mean, just... How many classic moments are in that movie? She wraps the, the cat. cat in the box. <laughs> when the when the doorbell rings, it goes ding dong ding dong ding dong. It keeps getting lower and slower. It's so funny. And I mean, when you see a lot of a house with a lot of lights on it, you like it's it, like just universally acknowledged that it's a Griswold house. Yeah. And that's saying something. Number 3. A Christmas story.
1: Number three.
0: Number three. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like it deserves to be higher. It does. But what can I say about the Christmas story that it does not already say for itself? Also, here's, a, here's an interesting tidbit. So the movie is set in Indiana. Yes. It is accepted. It is general knowledge that the movie was filmed in Cleveland. Yes. My father is watching the movie, and he says, I know that backdrop. Like, when they're looking out the back window, you can see, like, the bridges and stuff in the flats. And he goes, I know where that house is. So, he was working up there. And he gets done with work. Or, you know, they got done early or something. He drives, finds the house, without knowing where it is, without knowing the address. <laughs> just starts driving through this neighborhood, finds the house. His sense of direction is beyond incredible. Yes, it is. He's given to directions to people in towns that we don't live in. Like, we were in Florida some one time, and somebody asked him directions, and he knew how to get there. <laughs> I don't know how. When the band went to Indiana, he was giving the bus driver directions on how to get around. It's <laughs> funny. It's crazy. But, yeah, he found the house before they turned it into a museum. Oh,
1: before it was the museum. Yeah. He found it. That's so when funny. When it was just
0: somebody's house in a really sketchy neighborhood. Also, fun fact... They decided to film it in Cleveland because they were like, it's Cleveland, it's winter, it's going to snow a lot. There's going to be snow. One of the warmest (laughs) winters, maybe the warmest winter Cleveland has ever had was when they were trying to film that movie. And so all of the snow is fake.
1: That's very funny.
0: When they're on, like, that block. (laughs) Um, Also, yes, the house is now a museum. They've, like, sort of done it up like the house in the movie. Um, Of course... Most of the interior shots were shot on a soundstage. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I didn't even realize the, that. But the why, house... Wanna go to the ha- then That makes me less excited to want to go see the house. Yeah,
0: the house in the movie is actually bigger than the house in real life. Mm. There's one or two extra rooms and that oh. sort of thing. Um, but it is still a beautiful old, like, pre-war house. Mm. Um, I guess not beautiful. It might be a, a bit of an overstatement. But, I mean, they have it painted up yellow and everything. Yeah, Flick's house is now, like, the office. Oh, um <laughs> Dad tried to find the school, too. He thought he knew where it was, but I think mm-hmm. it's in Canada. Um, oh. They filmed sort of around. And he
1: might still know where it is.
0: Yeah, he he probably still does. So that's that's number three. Number two, A Charlie Brown Christmas.
1: <gasps> you were being very fair, weren't you? I am
0: being very fair.
1: Oh, I know what your number one is You now. can't look. I didn't look. I know okay. what it is, though.
0: What can I say about Charlie Brown Christmas that I can't say? That That we didn't say say. last week? That I didn't say last week and that it can't say for itself. On the soundtrack alone, it deserves to be on this list. I am also Charlie Brown in real life. Like, Charlie Brown, the first half of that movie, is exactly how I feel about Christmas.
1: But you don't get the come around that he has at the end? he's like, all right, it's commercial, but I can be calm about it. (laughs)
0: A shiny pink aluminum one. Maybe you have pantophobia, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Is that what you have, pantophobia? So that's number two. Okay. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, honorable mentions. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Claymation ones. Stop motion. Stop motion, yeah. Um, Especially Rudolph. I say...
1: It's like not the, like critically strongest movie in the world Mm -mm. but it's so funny yeah and warms your heart and makes you think about like being at your grandparents around christmas when your parents were shopping so they put on rudolph is that just me
0: nothing (laughs) so good
1: did you know that there is a rudolph special about new year's it is the worst thing i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life they travel through time weird it's bad. Is it
0: the one with the baby? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that.
1: Oh my god, it is one of the worst movies I have ever seen.
0: All right, what's the best quote from the Rudolph movie?
1: Eat, Papa, eat.
0: Yes, we. I say or, that to Ivy all the time.
1: Or like, um, Herbie, Herbie wants, to wants to be a <laughs> dentist.
0: Uh, I use, and I don't even need a step ladder. <laughs> like anytime I get anything down for Ivy, that's a good one. Yukon Cornelius, underrated character. Bumbles, bounce. And Awana and Atua, which means that the number one Christmas movie... That's your
1: only honorable mention?
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry, I forgot one. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street.
1: I've never seen that.
0: (laughs) It's good, that's a good one.
1: I know what happens.
0: Yeah. Kind of. It's a very good Christmas movie without being too Christmassy. Also, listen, there are a few things I feel stronger about than black and white movies that have been colorized.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? There is a colorized version of Miracle on 34th Street. It is unacceptable.
1: That is not how it was intended also, to be seen. Also, they
0: remade it, and it's not good. I've You know, okay, side rant. I've met people that are like, I don't like black and white movies. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're missing most of the best movies ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, which means my number one Christmas movie is barely a Christmas movie, but it's one of the best movies ever made. It's a Wonderful Life.
1: The it's barely a Christmas so movie big. is a point that I've been
0: thinking about. It is barely a Christmas movie, being that it ends on Christmas and does have Christmassy themes. It is a tremendous movie. Jimmy Stewart is one of the best actors ever.
1: Yeah, Top absolutely. five
0: actors, like... Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Top two or three at that, you know. All right, here's here's my wonderful life fun fact. I say it's barely a Christmas movie. It was released in July. Like, okay, this movie was a flop when it came out. Yep. I can't overstate how much of a flop this movie was because they released a Christmas movie in July, essentially. Um, no one went to see it. Uh, it did terrible at the box office. But what they failed to do... They didn't copyright it.
1: So it became public domain. Right.
0: So TV rolls around. Free movie. TV channels show it all the time. It gains this huge following, and now it's one of the most iconic movies of all time. Also, most of that movie isn't a Christmas movie. Yes. It just happens to be snowing.
1: It's, like, slightly more a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. (laughs) And slightly more of a Christmas movie than Love Actually is. Harry
0: Potter. But it it is one of those sort of feel good Christmassy movies. Um, it's just it's feel a, good. It's appropriate. Well, no, no Let me let me this rephrase that. This man is that.
1: contemplating suicide.
0: Literally the most depressing movie ever made. Uh, but feel it ends good up on in Christmas. The last
1: five minutes.
0: Right? Yeah. No, literally the last minute. Also, here's my wonderful life. Fun fact: the cab driver and the cop. Do you know what their names are? No, I forget. Bert and Ernie? Ha <laughs> it It's... How rolls- do I
1: look, Ernie? With your eyes, Bert.
0: <laughs> All right, the <laughs> gif where he's, like, looking up <laughs> for the book. It's so funny. All right. Your turn. Go.
1: All right. Mine's going to be quick because you already mentioned a lot of mine, but that's okay. Uh, number five is It's a Wonderful Life.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, had to put it on the list because it's loved by so many for everything we just talked about. Jimmy Stewart is a treasure... And I love the whole copyright thing that that's mm-hmm. the reason it's popular. That's so cool. Um, it's a movie about contemplated suicide, and that doesn't belong at Christmas. Right. So <laughs> so it, it's on the list because of its beloved and iconic status, but it, because it's about, like, death and yeah. existential crisis, it's not the best Christmas movie. One of the best movies mm-hmm. ever. Right. Not the best Christmas movie.
0: <laughs> We used to watch that every Christmas Eve. Like, that was our Christmas Eve movie. Really? And then when I was, like, 16 or 17 and, like, really started to get hit with the depression and stuff, Mm -hmm. I refused to watch it. I'm like, this movie is too sad. Yeah. I'll be, like, goofed up for the next couple days.
1: My other, just a thought while I was writing this list was Mm -hmm. that, in a way, it's, like, it's kind of like a Christmas carol in a lot of ways. Except for it's, like... He's taking it into his own hands.
0: It is a bit
1: because he gets to travel around and see.
0: I mean, that's you know, what Christmas Carol is.
1: It's not so much like past, present, future, right, yeah. but it's it's kind of it's got the same feeling in that way that yeah. he's he's seeing different aspects of life at different times. Right. So number four on my top five list is White Christmas.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, ranked lower because not everybody loves musicals, and it's another right. one that. Happens to end on Christmas. Really a
0: Christmas movie.
1: It's about snow not coming. <laughs> and to be fair, a lot of Christmas songs are just about snow and not about Christmas. So, but um, ride. that whole like very iconic, one of the most well known and well loved, right, yeah. sold millions, made tons of money, all that stuff mm-hmm. for the songs. I love musicals and singing and dancing, and it's also hilarious if you've you've never seen it. I right? haven't seen it. I think you would think it was really funny. Okay. Number three is Elf.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: One of the only modern movies that has achieved any kind of, like, status as far as Christmas movies go. Probably the most modern one that is, like, as, like, well-loved as it is.
0: Listen, if I wasn't unabashedly in love with Zoe Deschanel, that movie would be unwatchable.
1: You are so incorrect. That is a very biased statement.
0: It's not good. You're wrong. It's the third best Christmas movie. It's kids jokes and Will Ferrell fart noises. And it's everything I dislike about Will Ferrell movies.
1: Props to Will Ferrell for turning down the sequel. Because he said it would have been cheap and a money grab and stupid. Yes. So props to him for that. Blonde Zoe is weird to see. Makes me
0: uncomfortable. It like when I see pictures of her without glasses, it makes me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of <laughs> like how it was like her first big role. Yeah. Which is cool. Good for families. Uh, once you know the joke some of it gets old, but still funny and lovable and magical. Number 2 is Merry Christmas Charlie Brown. It's all about like the true meaning of Christmas, which is like it's a very like light and funny context to put mm-hmm. kind of that heavy of a subject into, which is what Charlie Brown is all about Mm -hmm. in general. Whatever with the Bible story. It's so funny. It literally killed the aluminum Christmas tree market. No one, like, historically, no one bought one ever after that movie came out. That's, like, the power of Charlie Brown is they killed an entire industry with that movie. I didn't know that. That's so good. You can read about it. There's tons of, you know... Whoever wrote articles about it.
0: My dad sent me a picture the other day of an aluminum Christmas tree. Like, it's it's a running joke in our house that we're going to get <laughs> a shiny pink aluminum Christmas tree.
1: I would love one. Uh, <laughs> honorable mentions for me. So if I could have a number six, it's the live-action Grinch. And I think it's the best thing Jim Carrey has ever done.
0: Okay. Better than the cartoon Grinch? Yes. I quit the podcast.
1: The Cartoon Grinch is also in the anima- or in the honorable mentions, but no, because it's not as funny. Annabelle's Wish, honorable mention, <laughs> but that's just in my heart. Have you ever seen The Holiday? It's so good. Christmas rom-com. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet switch houses. So Cameron Diaz goes to England, and Kate Winslet comes we watched to L.A. That. She falls in love with Jack Black. I, Everything is good about that movie. I
0: came home you like mm-hmm. I came home from work and you had it on.
1: And then I started over and like watched it again. No, I think um, it was
0: like I was like what's this dumb movie and then I like sat down and watched the whole thing and I actually it's really liked really it. Really
1: good. It's really good. I like it better than Love actually. I do really like Love actually. Has some like weird problematic moments in it, but that's <laughs> fine. It was from the early 2000s. It just has some weird things in it. Still like it. Meh christmas vacation rudolph honorable mentions Mm. the best christmas movie of all time is a christmas story for this reason christmas is sort of like most important when you're a kid Mm -hmm. like the children's view of christmas is like the most pure and you kind of spend the rest of your life like remembering how it was then and sort of trying to recreate it or to like pass it on to like younger people so i think having like the narrator speak through himself as a child because the narrator isn't saying like, and I wanted the BB gun. The narrator is saying it as Ralphie would say it
0: mm-hmm.
1: like football. What's a football? <laughs> like the way the narrator speaks is like through like a child's lens. Yeah. So I think that's a really clever way to talk about the kind of things that you remember about your Christmases as a mm-hmm. child and like the best Christmases that you had. Yeah. Arguably the most quotable movie of all time.
0: It's yeah,
1: like up there, if not the most. um...
0: Okay. Do and you just want to, so funny. Do you want to know my Christmas other Christmas story fun facts yes. that I just remembered? So when they're at the Macy's, right? Is it Macy's? They call no, it it's something not. else. Higbee's. Higbee's, yeah, <clears throat> which I believe is was an actual store. I think so. And there's the guy that says, "Hey, kid." The line starts here, it ends back there. Uh-huh. That is the narrator. Oh, no way. Also the author of the book.
1: No way. Yeah, that's him. Huh.
0: Also, apparently the book is very good. Um,
1: that's just part of the book, right? Yes.
0: You told me. It's like um, it's like several novelettes. Novellas. Novellas. Novellas.
1: novellas. <laughs> I like that better. I'm going to start writing those. <laughs> <coughs> I got a whole new market for you. Novelets. This is my pitch to the... To the publishing companies, the whole new genre. I call it novelettes.
0: <laughs> yes, but that's that's the author of the book. Very cool. Yes.
1: Favorite line from the movie.
0: Oh man, we could do top five Christmas story quotes.
1: <laughs> that could be its whole own thing.
0: My favorite line, and probably most used in real life. You used up all the glue
1: on purpose. That is a good one. So good. Randy laid there like a slug. It was his only defense. <laughs> is my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Also the soap poisoning yeah, gets that's me every really time. Good. My brother does the best impression of the show me how the piggies eat. The way that he laughs during, the, you know how he has a funny like duck. Yeah. Kind of sounding laugh the little brother does. Mm-hmm. My brother does it perfectly. And when he does it, my dad starts laughing and can't stop. And he cries every
0: time. <laughs> Okay, here's another point. All of the actors in that movie have done like zero Nothing.
1: other movies. Well, Ralphie's like a producer now.
0: Right. Um the only the only other one is the mom is in Close Encounters of the 3rd Kind. Ralphie's an elf. Maybe we love that movie so much cuz it's in Cleveland.
1: I don't think that's really it.
0: No. I mean... Because I don't
1: think about that while the movie's on. Right. We always leave it on in the background all day on Christmas when they do the 24-hour thing, and we yeah, always yeah. end up... We we end up watching it, like, once in the morning before we go to my aunt's for brunch, and then mm-hmm. at least, like, once or twice in the evening when we get home mm-hmm. is how
0: it would usually go. That's another movie that I think was kind of a flop when it came out. Was like it? it? It didn't do very well, and it's since, like, like gotten this sort of cult-following kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it sort of does. Must be Italian. All right, does that do us for this week?
0: I think that about does us. That was a long episode. We talked about Star Wars a lot. I have so many more emotions that I'm not even going to talk about.
1: Tweet us if you want to talk about Star Wars with Matt.
0: Yeah, shoot us an an email email, and I'll tell you, exclude, like, really how I feel about the movie in great detail.
1: It all started when I was nine years old. Merry Christmas out there to everybody celebrating. You could be listening to this on the day, or it could be later, but we hope you have or had a wonderful holiday, a good rest, a nice break wonderful from work Christmas or school, time. simply having a wonderful Christmas time, and a happy New Year, because we won't see you again until after.
0: Yeah, our next episode will be New Year's. You're
1: correct. Look, how did we do this? We landed on, like, four holidays. I don't
0: know. We're good. Yeah, we are. All holidays are on Mondays. That's probably why.
1: I guess so, but still. A Christmas stuff.
0: a Christmas gift to you from Sleeping Situation. All right.
1: Have a holly jolly time.
0: We'll ha- see you. Happy Christmas. War is over. How many more puns can we do? All I want for Christmas is Sleeping Situation. I don't think I can top that. <laughs>